The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. While some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be afraid, for these things must first take place. But the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. But not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. At the time of Jesus, the temple in Jerusalem was one of the most beautiful places in the entire world. It was built on top of Mount Moriah with stones that weighed as much as 600 tons each. It was 15 stories high and surrounded with a wall that had 10 gates. Outside, the courtyards were filled with gawkers and God-fearers and pilgrims and priests in long white robes and tall white hats. Inside, the holy place was filled with tapestries and golden lamps and golden censers and a golden altar. And inside the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, there was a spot for the Ark of the Covenant. But even more beautiful than what they saw in the temple was what they did there. 
Twice a day the priests would burn sacrifices. And the word for beauty in the Old Testament is the word for the fire that burned up the offering on the altar. So the most beautiful thing in that beautiful place was the moment when the Lord himself came down from heaven and sat on the altar in a flame and devoured the sacrifices that the priests had brought on behalf of the people. The most beautiful thing in the world was God's fiery, tangible, visible, sacramental, and personal presence among his people. A few years ago when we built this place and we emphasized beauty in the iron and the stone and the wood and the altar and the vestments and the linens and the candlesticks and the lights and the crucifix and the pipe organ that you will get someday soon, some very, very kind folks warned me to remember that too much beauty is intoxicating. And that whenever folks get drunk on something, they can mistake little things for big things. That, you remember, is the ancient story of that boy Narcissus, who, as he stared into a pool of water, loved his own reflection so much that he couldn't stop looking at it until the day he died. That is a real danger of beauty that we trade down, that we trade big things for little things, that we trade more for less until it finally kills us. And that, you see, is what Jesus is lamenting in the gospel for today. Jesus loved that temple. Jesus loved that temple so much that he called it home. You remember as a boy he stayed there and called it my father's house. And later in his life, Jesus famously defended that temple with a whip, chasing out the animals and turning over the tables because he said the priests had turned the temple into a house of trade. But despite Jesus' best efforts, that beautiful temple became a hollow place. Like Narcissus, those who were in charge had fallen in love with themselves, staring at their own reflection, trading down, trading big things for little things, trading more for less, until the day it finally killed them. On that day when Jesus cleansed the temple, he finished famously by saying, if somebody destroyed that temple, he would rebuild it in three days. The folks who heard him scoffed at that, but they should have given him the chance to finish his thought. St. John tells us that Jesus wasn't talking about the temple in Jerusalem at all. Jesus was talking about the temple of his body, the new temple, and that makes sense. Like the temple in Jerusalem, Jesus' body was beautiful. 
It was sinless, it was perfect, it was whole, it was divine, and it was born of the Blessed Virgin Mother. And it was filled with the Holy Spirit as God did his business through Christ. That Spirit drove Jesus into the water to be baptized by John. That Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. That Spirit gave him the words for his very first sermon. You remember, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. And toward the end, it was the Holy Spirit who pushed Jesus up and over the Mount of Olives and then up to Jerusalem and finally up on the cross on Good Friday. And when Jesus' body hung there, fiery, tangible, visible, sacramental, and quite personal, as a sacrifice and an atonement for your sins and mine, that really was the most beautiful thing that ever happened. And three days later, that beauty continued when folks saw that temple, that body of Jesus rebuilt by the power of the Holy Spirit and with the blessing of his Heavenly Father, Jesus was raised from the dead. So if you want it in one line, Christianity is that simple. If a crucified man comes back to life and lives forever at the right hand of God, then the game is over, at least for this life. If Jesus the temple is rebuilt, if all his stones are put back into place, one on top of another, and he is adorned with the peculiar beauty of being a man resurrected from the dead to live forever, then anything else that ever happens ever is by comparison a little thing. If the temple of Jerusalem is destroyed, as it was in 70 AD, or if the world is filled with false messiahs and wars and tumults and kingdoms and famines and pestilence, if terrors and signs and persecutions arise, if America goes crazy during an election season, you needn't worry. None of those things are anything compared to his death and resurrection, compared to your death and your resurrection. Whatever you do, don't trade more for less. Even if you are betrayed by those you love most, even if you're forced to trial, says Jesus, even if you're rounded up and shot between the eyes, so what? He's given you his own spirit to speak and guide you. Don't ever trade big things for little things. Jesus says that if the sun and the moon and the stars fall out of the sky, enjoy the show. You don't need to thrash around and faint or fear about what comes next because you already know what comes next. It is your resurrection. As St. Paul says, don't you know that you too, like Jesus Christ, 
are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And so if you are a temple like Jesus, then you too will be rebuilt. You too will be resurrected. As Luther said, you have been cemented to Christ in your baptism. You have been filled with Christ in the Holy Eucharist. Jesus is indestructible. And because you are joined to him, it means that you are indestructible. Every one of you here, every child of God, everyone built upon the great cornerstone, Jesus Christ. Dostoevsky once said that beauty will save the world. It's true. If he meant this beauty, the beauty of Jesus, the temple, the beauty of Jesus, the sacrament, the beauty of Jesus, the sacrifice, the beauty of Jesus, the Savior, the beauty of Jesus in you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.